Refuge Worldwide. Refuge Worldwide. Refuge Worldwide. Check, check. Check, 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 check. check. Hello. Hello, Berlin. Hello. Welcome back to the No Man's Land podcast. I'm your host, Jam, saying in the booth with Kalaloo. And Jenny. Jenny Tran, welcome. What's up, what's up, guys? <laughs> Why don't you introduce yourself quickly and tell the people who you are? Of course. So, for those that don't know me, my name is Jenny, Jenny Tran. I'm leading the projects and events for Axel Arigato, but also a part of the Voodoo Club Collective from Barcelona. Oh, mm-hmm. the Voodoo Club. The, the Voodoo Club, man. Voodoo Club Collective from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What, what do y'all do? Mean? Is it Voodoo? <laughs> is it voodoo? voodoo? In the Caribbean, we call it obia. What is it? Obia. Okay. Tell me about your obia. Oh, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does the, what does the Voodoo Club Collective do? The Voodoo Club Collective, um, in a more serious note, I was born as a response of a very, how to say, mm, non-representative Afro-Spanish collective in Barcelona, so we decided to create our own creative agency um, okay. that functions in various shapes. We got monthly raves, we got um, brand collaborations, creative productions, and uh, talent development, which has gone on for five to six years now, I believe. Okay, um, nice. And it has created economic opportunities for people within the city. Mm-hmm. And also now expanding globally, which I am incredibly proud. Of. Okay, nice. nice. Yes. So you're saying that it was born out of the fact that there was like low representation for like, I'm assuming certain groups of people. So like, what are those groups of people that you think that you try to represent with this? I mean, if I just start from the beginning, when I just arrived to Barcelona mm-hmm. five years ago, I think a lot of people can agree with me when I say that just going out in the club being especially black yeah. is not easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it could anywhere be anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be Barcelona. <laughs> anywhere yeah. in the world, definitely for sure. But yeah. I think Barcelona kind of have a little step up when it comes to that. Yeah, really. Mm, and I feel like now maybe it's changing a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think it's because we have created our own safe spaces. Mm. So okay. that's why now it's more so of like, it's going up, a lot of things are happening in town, and I know there's a lot of competition, but there's a beauty in in bringing that to a city mm. with a few group of friends. And uh, yeah, shout out to them, shout out to Weka, shout out to Oseka, everyone. Nice, I mean, that's always, that's always so good when you could start something to, yeah, make a change, and then after time you, you really see that like coming to fruition you know mm-hmm. that's always so exciting but you live in you live in berlin uh no 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 so um i'm based i'm born and raised um in gothenburg sweden um Ooh. but i'm originally from vietnam <laughs> wow uh, yeah it's quite a mix huh? <laughs> obviously but i am here now uh, in berlin because as i previously mentioned i am handling the projects and events for axel arigato okay. so i travel a lot with work oh, and, okay, uh, okay, okay. i'm here now because we just mm-hmm. finished um we just finished this amazing project together with refuge World wild where we hosted dj workshops for the week and then uh, finalized the sessions yesterday with a full day in store where we recorded the sets of the students okay mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. so how did it go 
I feel was, proud, man. Yeah. Yeah, so man. She, she, she was zooming around. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I saw you on your way to get somewhere or coming from somewhere else. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a part of the hustle, of course, mm-hmm. but I think everything just um, aligns together, right? Everything I want to do, I want to have this purpose with me, bring that value with me, me as a person, right? And to be able to do so with so many different incredible talents around the world is is a blessing for sure. And I think when you kind of planned a project together, especially now we're few, we've been speaking for months. Yeah. And going from selecting students to getting all of the students in one place and seeing the students coming in a little bit nervous, a little bit shy, um, seeing them coming out of there with new friends, with new skills, and then um, just arriving yesterday, um, just doing their sets, flexing, and (laughs) doing incredible jobs of just delivering those tunes was such an incredible feeling, and um, it was nice to witness. That's so nice. Did any did anyone stand out to you? Like, do you was it was it also like a secret like talent scout thing? Would you normally like? I mean, is this the first time you've hosted a workshop like this, or no, not really? Uh, It was not for the brand, no, but for me, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was first uh, first time, and I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna sit here and lie if I say it wasn't a like talent scouting yeah, <laughs> per yeah, se. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I gosh. did indeed. I did indeed pre some that I felt was uh, standing out. But okay, no names. Nice. I'm not gonna. <laughs> but I mean, you also that. had they had so many different levels, right? Like you had from complete yes. beginner to to someone who's already like played in clubs and stuff like this. Yeah, that's what I've noticed mm-hmm. um, in the end. And you know what? doesn't matter in the end because everybody that was there and they did their thing, I wouldn't even yeah. notice whose level is what. I was jamming yesterday. Some of them were killing it. And some of them were so unassuming as well. Like, they would come <laughs> real shy and then be like dropping the hardest of the hardest tracks. <laughs> right. Mm. I lo- you know, I love, I love seeing that. I yeah. love seeing someone, especially a talent that doesn't know what they have in them. Yeah. Going to the stage, having that little validation of like, listen, mm-hmm. don't be scared for me yeah, or yeah, for Richard yeah. now that's standing there. Like, who <laughs> yeah. are you scared yeah, for? Yeah. And as soon as they just let that go, they just show this um, real persona of what they can and cannot be, mm-hmm. basically, yeah. right? So seeing that shine is also a little bit goosebumpy yeah, in a course, sense, you know, because yeah. as you say, like, they just come and then they are scared. And then suddenly when they play the says you just see this happiness, this mm. how they flow with it, let the music speak for themselves and playing all these different tunes because we spoke about it that yeah. everybody came with such different vibes and yeah. playlists. So I think a full day of music yesterday, yes, was indeed tiring, but hey. Yeah. And Can't no complain. two sets no two sets were the same. Like <laughs> even like taste wise, you know, everybody came with something completely their own. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so crazy. You know, sometimes sometimes all you need is a platform, you know. Yeah. All you need is like the opportunity to do your thing. A lot of people yeah, a lot of people have a lot going on, but you know, they're they're shy because they just never had the opportunity to actually present themselves. Yeah. And um, having that opportunity really see people open up and, and you know, become the artist that they that they want to be, you know, or, 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 yeah, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's so exciting. That's so, and you coming from because it sounds like you come from such a multicultural background <laughs> in terms of where you came from and where you live now, and and you travel a lot. So I'd rather tell us a bit about like your uh, yourself and your cultural experience. Mm. I think um, 
I think one question many wonders is like, how did I start, right? Yeah. Um, especially being born in Sweden. Um, so for some context, I was born and live still in Yelbo, it's okay. called, which is, um, I wouldn't say the hood, but the hood of Sweden, right? It's Yelbo, <laughs> it's 424, 424, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> and basically, that is the cutest hood sound in, like, yeah, <laughs> sound in hood name of ever. Always shouting out, man, you gotta represent. Like, uh, I am as I am, right? So yeah. this is me, 424 first, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think coming there already was a start of seeing unfairness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, you're in such a beautiful country with beautiful, beautiful opportunities. And why so are we all segregated in these areas with these trash ass teachers that are just not the right fit for people that's already underrepresented? It. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think already there is started off some sort of, um, how to say, wanting to do more, wanting to do something different, wanting to get out of whatever I wanted to get out from. Yeah. And I think just jumping from that, so when I get older, I started finding photography. Okay. Mm. I finally photography when I started going on little events, because sometimes you go to the center, right? And you notice there's some events and you start going there. But all of this goes in line with starting in schools where there's some Swedish people in it. Right. Because mm -hmm. then I, you get plugged into some some things that happens in town, right? So mm. that's right. where I feel like I was open to the Swedish world of, right. of reality of things. Right. Um, so when I started photography, then I met a person that had a fashion blog. Okay. And she basically told me, ah, um, I'm, I'm looking for photographers to photograph street style. Because okay. I was wearing um, questionable things. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So I for see. her, it was fashion, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, she was yeah. like, I think you're going to be scouting people for this. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. all right, um, what's the gauge? Yeah, yeah. It's for free. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. You know, that's how it always goes, right? Yeah, yeah, exposure, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Exposure. But who was I? I was 17 for 424. I mean, I need yeah, to get yeah, someone yeah. out there. Yeah, like, I'll take it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I did photography there, and, and you know, People see these photos. Yeah. Yeah. She knows people. Yeah. I don't know people. Yeah. So yeah. her mm -hmm. people see my shits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so suddenly there was these like a local local magazines that threw events and they were like, Oh, we're looking for event photography. Okay. Again, not much gauge, but Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you yeah. seem, you know, yeah, yeah. you seem cheap. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I did that. So I photographed for some and that kind of like developed. Everybody sees it. Everybody just like trying to grab to some things because in the end of the day, Gothenburg is only that big. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. I think if you just spice it up with a little confidence, people will be like, wow. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> who, yeah, who is yeah. this person? This Asian? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I did that. And then I think that kind of like, es not escalated, but that kind of like um, developed to um, music industry. Right. For okay. sure. What but, kind of music? Um, so obviously, with when I say music industry, I say music videos. And okay. at, that, at this time, we're talking um, hip hop and rap. Okay. And okay. trap. I would right, say music right. videos, mm -hmm. um, but before all of this, I also needed to study. Right, right. Of so in between these developments in career, I decided to study fashion marketing in Barcelona because it's the cheapest city to <laughs> <laughs> to study fashion, and it's still so so expensive to study fashion. Don't get me wrong; I'm not gonna you know stick under the table with it, however you say, but. 
I couldn't go to Paris, I couldn't go to New York, I couldn't go to London. Um, so I chose Barcelona. And my gut feeling was like, yeah, I was there mm-hmm. once, you know? So I was like, yeah, why not? What else should I do? I didn't have the degree for it. Yeah, like the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other things in Sweden to get into because yeah. yeah. you needed yeah. to have like certain yeah, grades. Yeah, yeah, like you need to have like good grades to come yeah. into the whatever yeah. and I, I'm not going to do all that. So I just uh, pick-packed and went and I then in school met Wekafor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who's that? I don't, I don't know who that I know. is. So you have <laughs> I to... feel like I should know who this yeah. is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I say no, it like who? that. Who's okay, so who? Tell us about Wekafor. I'm going to tell you everything about Wekafor. Give us a so in school, I met Wekafura, who is the founder of the Voodoo Club. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It started there. Okay. You know, and that wasn't happening at the time. You like that was nothing. The Voodoo Club wasn't a. a it was thing. nothing at it that time. time. It was okay. nothing at that time. At that time, it was um, young young people that was trying to study and trying to find a purpose or try to develop some purposes in life yeah, that they yeah. want to do. Yeah. At this age, right? Yeah, at that yeah. time, I think I was 18 or 19. Okay. Um, and we met, we we clicked. Um, Oseka, too, is his brother. So me and Oseka became best friends. So we got a little trio. And then we saw, and then from there, we met the rest of the team called Yemi and Olamide. And we had the girls, too, called Sol and Alexia, right? And then later on, Cornell came in and Rocky. And that was the full team by then. And how it all started was me and Oseka and Weka. Mm-hmm. We uh, lived together and we started throwing parties in our house. Okay. And why did we do that? Because they got rejected to every club. Mm. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Where are we going to oh, wow. party? Wait, what, Actually, were their, yeah. what were their backgrounds? Uh, they're from Nigeria. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if we try to go to parties and we even try to pay for it and you're telling us we can't go in for it because A, probably super racist and B, questioning clothing styles. Sometimes that's the, right, that's right. the that's reason, the right? That's the criteria look at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And imagine having the best drip in town yeah, and, yeah. They, still and they question because it. Because it just doesn't <laughs> fit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nah, man, that was... Uh, we, nah, nah, I don't wish that on, upon anyone that disrespects. So mm. obviously we started throwing parties and we put that on uh, social media, on Instagram. Right. On stories, yeah. like, hey, there's house party in our right. house, yeah. pulled okay. through, and there was a lot of people that wasn't the same. How big was your house? Um, I mean, it's not a big house, <laughs> right? It's I mean, like, that's a, that's a legit question, like, it, you know? Listen, it was a very, very special, we call it the mansion. Maybe it was a three-bedroom. Yeah, it was a three-bedroom. Okay. Like, uh-huh. if you're in Barcelona, it's not like this, like, luxurious three-bedroom. But, you know, people can fit. At least there was a living room. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not like passionate or anything. You know what I mean? No, but but exactly. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I've been there too. You know, like yeah, yeah, touring yeah, yeah, parties, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. in the in the flats where it's like it's cram. You know, it, but it's tiny and it, it's fine. It works. You know, because like it's just it's of good. Course. It's a good time. You I know mean, everybody mean? lives in a room. I lived in a room, but we lived. I mean, it's it's a mansion, but we lived in a room basically, yeah, still. Yeah. and it's crazy the yeah. living situation. Yeah. But at that time, this beautiful time, we had this house and we threw parties there, and I think um, it kind of like got to the point where we're like, Weka was like, "Listen, <laughs> we need a bigger space." Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and it's like, where are we gonna put all these people? Because at this point, the neighbors wants to have us in jails, like, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like where where are we gonna too go? Much and then like, complaints and how then many people like, roughly would be there? 
so imagine like the living room being as small as uh, maybe like in 20 quadrometers. Yeah, what okay. is it called? Okay, well, okay. So it was round. It was round. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe sometimes it could be maximum 100 or maybe 70. Ooh. Yeah. But yeah. a normal one would be maybe like 20. Yeah. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating now. I'm not yeah, flexing but enough. <laughs> but it no, but that's like what I'm it. saying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It feels, when it's when it's it's full like that and there's a lot of people yeah. and it's it's like good energy in the house. Yeah. It feels, yeah, the same as if you're in a good party and there are hundreds of people. It doesn't <laughs> even matter, you know what I mean? Man, it was times. And you know what it is? Because when you throw these parties and you play the music that you want and that you like, yeah, yeah, people exactly. can come and dance, yeah, man. Yeah. Not like sitting on tables, looking down on others, yeah, and, spraying yeah. champagne. I was about to say, and the whole bottle service culture, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Which is like, yeah. I, I, think, lo- yeah. Yeah. I, I love a free bottle service. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to say, I'm not going to bottle service. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I hate that. No, no, no. But, it, no, but definitely. So, no. At this point, Weka Fore also has his brand, so this is what I'm wearing, right? Okay. Um, okay. And or it's merch, exactly. Yeah, for those who don't can't see, it basically is a white T-shirt that says, "All my idols are dead." <laughs> mm, <yeah>. uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and at that point, we're like, "Why don't we do like an extension of the fashion brand right, and do the events right. and apply this what we have now, now built?" A community, yeah, mm-hmm. I yeah. could strongly say, yeah. Yeah. and put them in a bigger space, and that's how the Voodoo Club was mm. created. Um, and then we just slowly took over the city. And when you have a club that goes so well, it can obviously expand to a festival, maybe. Mm. It could start to brand collaborations with mm. people that has the same values, and it can also start realizing that, oh. If we can play our own music, why don't everybody DJ? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's how everybody started. I think the yeah, when you ha- when you build a community like a, a close knit community and everybody's like on yeah, everybody gets it and everybody's on the same page and mm-hmm. it's a str- and you build a strong community like that, I think then you can do whatever and it's it will all work out if you really just care yeah. about it and everybody really cares about it, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's the most Im- important thing. Like all the greatest ideas always start off, you know, yeah, from s- such small a, like from, that. And, and from such a pure place and very authentic and like everybody's coming together for a genuine reason and not because, you know, it's the next big hype or yeah, exactly. anything like that. So that's what's, yeah, those things are always so beautiful because then you, especially, yeah, coming together and everybody's like, but when you feel like there's no other choice, you know, that, I mean, yeah. that happened to me a lot in Trinidad, you know, doing my thing. Um, you just end up doing a lot because it's just not there, you know, and you just can't do it otherwise. And then you just get fed up enough mm-hmm. to say, yeah, actually, I'm just going to do this with us 10 people, us 20 mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And then that turns into 200 and then. And then you're like, oh, well, and we it actually... And it grew so organically and, and it like just we, snowballs. We yeah, did yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So then you started the the clothing line. You had these parties and and you're empowering people in Barcelona. Exactly. And that's where it's at. How old is that now? How old is the collective now? The Voodoo um, Club collective? I would say either five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly sure the specific year. But okay, if we're okay, going to count okay. from 2017 or 2018, yeah. then mm-hmm. five years. That was around the same yeah. time that I yeah. started. But I always later. counted from 2017 because that's when I met my people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's when, like, it, that's when the course started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I feel like that's what that life for me started. Yeah. Because whatever I thought of myself or believed in myself for or saw myself in the future as, yeah, it happened 
in that Sto- phase. Yeah, that spirit, yeah. that that era, that that's that's timing, right? And I always carry that with me wherever I go. Mm. And I feel like something like that that's happening to you in such a young age can really shape what's waiting for you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. It can um, help you find yourself. Exactly. And like understand what you want. Yes. And um that's that's my power. Nice. Mm. So then what about you? So you formed this collective and mm-hmm. then um I guess you were still studying or you had finished studying and then so tell us about how, you know, how's the journey been for you like since that time? Because now you're you're traveling to Berlin, you're mm-hmm. hosting workshops, you're all <laughs> over the place, you know what I mean? So yes. how how did things go for you? I mean, um after this when I finished studying, so I studied a bachelor, um, I tried to make it work for a while. Because, as you know, with these initiatives, it's not as any corporate brand that could have billion of funds yeah, yeah. Mm. to make you go around. Yeah. And I tried to make it go around, but I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, I had to try to um, financially stable myself yeah. by starting to work properly and then maybe find a balance to get back to things, right? Yeah. As mm-hmm. soon as I'm stable. So I went home, back home to Gothenburg, and I started to freelance a bit. So I did, I went to, um, I went back to the music videos and I did uh, collaborate with some talents, produce some music videos, and went also to Paris with Red Bull to shoot some for their new document series, kind of, mm-hmm. um, for this talent that won a competition, basically, okay, right? Okay. So I was very much so for a year doing that, just like photographing, creative directing, and doing music videos. Okay. But I felt like I just yearned for something more. Yeah. Because now I'm still alone in this. Yeah. Like okay. I just, yeah. I, I f- why am I still struggling? Yeah. You know, yeah. like why, why yeah. is this a struggle? A um, so I saw that Axel put out this, um, this role, which mm. I believed was perfect for me. Mm. I felt like I was, I was applying to that role with like hundred thousand, fifty thousand percent confidence yeah, that yeah. I was gonna get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like because when you read, I'm like, bro, like what? Yeah. Of course. This is what I do yeah, anyway. Yeah yeah, 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 and like I live here, I'm based here. Like, what? What are you saying? I know what Sweden has, and mm-hmm. they don't have me, right? So, <laughs> so I went there and I got it, of course. So, I started it and. Um, I started with taking over their Swedish, Swedish and Danish market mm-hmm. by doing all of the projects and events for them. And now this year I started um, taking over the German market, which for me um, is a incredible achievement as well because I felt the trust yeah. of expanding so mm-hmm. quickly yeah. for yeah. such a big brand and yeah. getting that responsibility as a young alone woman (laughs) (laughs) right so that's that's where we are right now and so something that we've spoken about recently that i said i wanted to talk to you about on the podcast as well because you come from urban culture from a very pure and authentic place Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of big brands hiring people like you people like us Mm. basically to fill positions in marketing and communications and like i have this conversation with my friends a lot Mm. that kind of work in corporate or have worked in corporate is seeing this intersection between urban culture and corporate communications. Mm-hmm. This kind of internal battle that we have where it's like, okay, they are definitely profiting off of something that's so genuine for us. Mm-hmm. 
and it feels it almost feels like it's selling out a little bit sometimes but at the same time you're like they can help what we're trying to build grow at the same time Mm -hmm. so it's like uh you know I scratch your back, you scratch my back kind of scenario. <laughs> um, but it's not necessarily selling out. I mean, I feel like, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just like the... There's a part of you There's that a part like, of you that yeah. just feels like it takes away from the purity of what you're doing. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean... Um, like, are we doing this... It goes back to the whole community building and like, what is a community really? Is a community a real community or is it just your customer base? Or is it like, yeah. you know... Yeah easy advertising slash like you know we don't have to go and film an advert video we can just do something cool for the community and then use that content and that's the advertising nowadays yeah you know um and there's this internal moral dilemma that at least i have and i know a lot of our generation has um yeah so i wanted to know what your thoughts on that being somebody that comes from urban culture moving into the corporate world yeah i mean i hear what you're saying and of course, I can agree with a lot of it. I feel like I'm constantly battling with it. But in the end of the day, I feel like you need to recognize the game yeah. in the industry. Like You you you, re- you need to see it for what it is mm-hmm. and you need to play smartly. Yeah. And that's it. And all, all stems on or depends on who you are as a person yeah. and what you yeah. can bring to the table. And I think when I reach to the point where I've started like trying to stop myself from struggling with this internal battle is that, okay, what can I bring with this new platform and power that I have? Mm-hmm. Is it by choosing the right partners and suppliers to work with, even sponsors mm-hmm. for that matter? Um, is it to through really research for new talents instead of just going for the big and trending ones Mm -hmm. and actually pay attention of what's going on in the city. Mm -hmm. And I think that's my biggest responsibility to have when working, whether it's for a brand or for a collective. And I try to apply that as much as I can. Now, I discussed this yesterday as well with one from the team members of Refuge as well, Mm -hmm. where we kind of said like, okay, we have this, but I need to anyways acknowledge the fact that Axel as a brand, I fuck with them because they fuck with me mm-hmm. and I respect my team. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they, it's not like, it's not a secret that, uh, you know, that people of color is in the, in the team or what we yeah. bring is community, but I like the freedom that they give me. Yeah. And I also like that they inspire me. Yeah. Because yeah. usually you can work for a corporate brand or corporate job where you maybe despise the higher ups. Yeah. yeah. But now it's it's the opposite for me. Usually I'm that one. But this time like my the creative director, the brand director, I really admire the work that they do and how they do it. And I also acknowledge the fact that the strategy they have by using people like me. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because I guess it's how you look at it, right? You could look at it from a perspective of, yeah, this is a, a strategy that this this company mm-hmm. is employing because they want to. But you could also look at it like uh, the majority. I mean, we know, okay, let's say straight white males have been in charge of like the money like this for a long time. And then when they want to reach out or they want to penetrate a community, instead of actually engaging with that community, they just they, they just make the decisions themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. And so I think looking at it like that you are 
selling out is one way because I think that if if it happens in a certain way that that uh, is not that's not in a stand-up way like it's not a cool way then okay fair enough mm-hmm. but you at the same time need to give kudos to these brands that at least try to say look I'm actually going to ask someone from this community to come on board and do it because they mm-hmm. know best yeah. you know what I mean and when you have a brand like you said um, that you could that you could respect the higher ups and mm-hmm. you could see that what they're doing is genuine and that they actually are interested in engaging with this in a, in like a in an authentic manner mm-hmm. you know then mm-hmm. it's hard to yeah feel like you're selling out that you're doing something that goes against your morals mm-hmm. i think that you know it both happen all the time you know when mm-hmm. brands definitely use you as like a pawn yeah. you know yeah. just to because this is hot right now and we need to be hot right now mm-hmm. you know but then also yeah so i think it depends and that's really cool that you could find um a home with a brand mm-hmm. that makes you feel like they like they actually give a fuck yeah, you know yeah. what i mean yeah like you said there's levels there right there's a lot of brands that just look for the pawns that they can use for their mission but there are a few brands that i'm seeing coming up that are like who can we invite from mm-hmm. the community that's coming from a genuine place and that's mm-hmm. actually going to make sure, you know, that our best interest is at heart, but also the community's best interest is at yeah. heart. And at the end of the day, it's like, like I said, pie gang cut. I want my cut. And it's yeah, best we have an inside man on the inside making sure we get our cut. And I mean, I think back in the day before like social media and, and marketing and, and personalities and 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 information was so out there it was much easier for these companies to kind of take advantage of you and Mm -hmm. like yeah do all the things that we don't like and then it kind of stays on the low or like Mm -hmm. nobody calls it out or you know what i mean and it continues but nowadays i feel like that's if if you wanted to take a stand and you wanted to speak out and you want to say yeah that's not okay like it's the best time Mm -hmm. in history to be able to do that you're enabled more than ever yeah to be able yeah. to do that so i think that and that makes it harder for big entities to take advantage of you and take advantage of your community you know yeah i agree with you because when you we spoke i think the only thing i'm struggling the most with is how community has become like a buzzword for kpis and i don't know what to do with it yeah, yeah. i don't know what to do with it but at the same time, community is all about, okay, creating connections, feeling a belonging, mm-hmm. creating that space for people. And if it's, if that is done through events, then so yeah. be it, right? But damn. Yeah. yeah. And what as you said, it's do, like man? with the numbers and stuff and the KPIs, it's like a big or a real important part I find with community is making sure the underdogs get the support mm. that they need, mm. which is what you're doing with these kind of workshops and, you know, that yeah. you, a focus that you kind of have on the community work that you do. But then that portion is not what gives the numbers and fulfills the KPIs. You know, I think... <sighs> It's because in the end of the day, it translates to sales. Mm-hmm. How yeah. do you translate community yeah. to sales? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's an internal struggle of like coming from the voodoo club. It's not about the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we also have to realize like, but we need money to survive. Yeah. We need money. You, you know, know what I mean? But there's a way to do it. You know what I mean? Always. That there's a way to do it so that everybody benefits in a, in a fair way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel like um, I always look at it like it's okay I think it's okay mm. as a company. You need money, your business, you need mm-hmm. to run, right? And you need to, you want to engage, you want to build a community. Mm-hmm. It is a buzzword. Um, 
and as a business you do want to leverage the community to facilitate your business and i think that's i don't know kind of expected or normal but then i think where the the difference is is that if the community also benefits in a big way then okay cool you know what i mean then i think it works if you uh, if you use the community for your business objectives and it works especially in, you know in fashion and culture and these yeah. things kind of go hand mm-hmm. in hand right so i mean if you utilize the community to facilitate your business fair enough but if the community i mean sorry not fair enough yet <laughs> but it's fair enough if the community also sees big benefits and you can actually there be in yeah injected yeah. with a lot more opportunities for those that never had it before yeah. you know you're really empowering like the underrepresented you know facets of 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 society you know yeah. what i mean then then if everybody wins then it's cool you know yeah. what i mean and this is <laughs> i mean this is totally off topic from what we're talking about but this reminds me of like what i say all the time with like caribbean diaspora mm. right like so if you go to big like cities that have a huge Caribbean diaspora, like London, right? You walk in there and you'd find like the most British person ever. And they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm actually from Trinidad, you know? <laughs> and it's like, and it's, and it's like your, yeah, well, your parents are from Trinidad and your, or your grandparents are from Trinidad or Jamaica yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And, but okay. They claim being Trinidadian. But, and I get that you can't, I get that it's in you and it's part of your family, but it's a card that's played all the time in a way to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. And it's like, actually, you're not quite because the Caribbean is a very underdeveloped region. Mm. The Caribbean is a very underrepresented region. The Caribbean, we had to fight fights that you don't know nothing about. Exactly. There, mm. there are opportunities that you have in like where you are in this city that we would that most people never see in their life and that's not something that is your fault or that you're in control of you know Mm -hmm. this is kind of what you're born into but if you want to wave this jamaican or trini or vinci or grenadian flag every time you see somebody come from there then my question is so then what are you doing for that community what are you doing for that for the culture. Scene, for the culture. Like, yeah. what are you doing for the culture? Because don't tell me that, you know, you, you ate rice and peas, you know, <laughs> when you was growing up. And that means that yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. like, entitled to... Well, there's this thing to, of, like, you know I mean? a, lot of, a lot of, like, the diaspora, they like to benefit off of the culture and profit off of, you know, being Caribbean or whatever. But then yeah. when it comes to, like, okay, you're, you're drawing all these benefits, but what have you actually contributed? Yeah, what are you doing? There's I mean, you, 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 you know? don't have to, and it doesn't have to be that you then... You don't have to contribute, but like, you, you I mean, I would say... Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like, thing. because I, I, want, I need to be reasonable as well, right? I mean, I can't be like, what are you doing? Send, in, <laughs> send money home, start a project, you know? You know, it's not really like, I expect people to become like Caribbean activists like where they are, but I feel like you need to be a little more involved with the community, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, in a certain way. I've met people, i met people that have, <laughs> that mm-hmm. go to Carnival every year. I, I mean, I don't mean to shine this man up, but he's like <laughs> Trini and he's like, yeah, yeah. And he's Trini, Trini's parents from Trinidad, right? And he goes home, he goes to Carnival every year to Brazil. And he's been to Brazil Carnival over and over and over. And he's never gone home to Trinidad because it happens at the same time, right? They happen yeah, at the exact yeah, yeah, yeah. same two days. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know, B. I feel like as soon as you heard that like there was a Caribbean scene, it, it's a, I mean, and I, I appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, I'm torn. Like it's not, 
you're born where you're born and your parents are there and it is a culture and we're happy that you're excited too. You know what I mean? But I do feel like sometimes people have no, um, yeah, they're just very disconnected from what they are now claiming in this moment, yeah. you know? And it's the same thing, you know, for like, yeah, for these big entities who want to enjoy the benefit of saying, we're down with the grassroots, we're down on the scene. No, 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 we're cool. We have uh, a black community manager. We have an Asian HR, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. we, And you want to say all these things, you know what I mean? Just for the sake of, but then if if, if these grassroots communities are not seeing the benefit yeah. of like what you're yeah. doing, if these opportunities are not being extended yeah. past these individuals, then what what exactly are you? You know, then yeah, it becomes like doing? tokenism. You yeah. know what I mean? But you know, I, I hear you on that. I feel like it's the same vibe with the Asian communities, mm -hmm. the Southeast Asian communities. And sometimes I'm like, what can I do to bring that more to light? Mm -hmm. Because I feel like all collectives that I've seen so far are still so underrepresented. Mm -hmm. yeah. With the Southeast Asian Yeah, community. or like, you know, we have some parties in, in Gothenburg and we have some, maybe we have in London and whatnot. But I don't feel it. Like, like how, it's not, yeah, you, yeah, 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 it's not as big. And it's just like, how can we do it as mm -hmm. as relevant or mm -hmm. as loud or as great? But I, but you have you have an opportunity. I mean, it sounds like in your position that you have a fantastic opportunity to kind of make, you know, these things happen. And it's a yeah. real blessing to be yeah. like involved mm -hmm. with, you know, a brand, like you say, that takes a genuine interest in these things of you know course. what i mean so it must be it must be exciting to have an opportunity to actually like action all these yeah all these things i mean know? i do think like just to go back to what you were saying about the like caribbean diaspora mm. i think i think what you're saying is a little bit harsh i am like, i am i'm it's super not like, harsh you can't like okay if your parents are trinidadian and you want to claim trinidadian i don't have a problem no, with no, you I, i'm not but yeah. like you know it, i have a problem when you start benefiting off of the culture like, well, and you like know, these kind of influencers that then get flown out, they get given free <laughs> costumes, they get free accommodation, <laughs> and we actually as far have to like, you know, save our money and stuff. But you pick and choose like when it comes to, I don't know, let's talk about the politics, let's talk about yeah, the, yeah. The, these problems of the Caribbean, mm -hmm. then your mouth is shut. That's what I'm Those saying. The, that's, that's where I have and that's what I mean. Otherwise, that's I'm what like, I mean. I'm not saying that you had to send money home or yeah. you had to start a, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a foundation but I'm not, or whatever. What I'm saying is that, <laughs> I'm I, don't saying that, that <laughs> I don't think that every diaspora has to like... Just because your parents are from a country, you don't have to be waving that flag and like being the activist for that country. You know no, no, I mean? no. It's not being an activist. It's being informed. Yeah. Because be just informed, being be informed, just being informed is a way of contributing to the culture. Yeah. Because if you're waving the flag because it's a label that's cool in the place that you're in, mm -hmm. but you actually can't talk about it at all if somebody mm -hmm. were to ask you, you know, then it's... I don't know. That's that's kind of that's kind of whack. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, yeah. Maybe how I'm phrasing it in terms of like you should be contributing makes it seems like I feel like y'all have all the shit. You should be giving some back to us too. But that's not that's not what I mean. I just feel like um, just be informed. Be educated. I feel like in the moment you want to be like, yeah, me too, because it's cool, mm -hmm. you know. And but when it comes down to it, in the rest of your life. You're, you're not identifying as that yeah. because it's not convenient at that time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like identifying as something for the convenience yeah. is not accepted like at all in any other case. But somehow it it is when it comes to like diaspora, like around the world. And I mean, I feel strongly about this yeah. because I'm from the Caribbean. You know what I mean? I, I feel strongly. And I, maybe 
this is coming out now in like a yeah without like a lot of context you know what i mean so perhaps it is sounding harsh no but i get you though but yeah i, I, I feel though. like there's a lot of Asians like that too yeah mm-hmm. yeah like trust you yeah. know but i think everything just stems uh, from i want to say self hate that's very mm. harsh but it all depends as you guys know where you where you born where you come from who you hang with yeah 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 you know i feel like a lot of asians southeast asians especially in sweden is it's a little lost if yeah. i may say it myself yeah. yeah and me i had to find belonging yeah in barcelona mm. you get what i mean so yeah. i think my my longing of of belonging to my own yeah culture the whole community is still there at it's this still state. in barcelona what you say it's still in barcelona no but i mean as in as in where i am in life right now because mm. what all the achievements that i've done or all the progress i've done i still don't have that yeah my own like yeah. your sense my of own home. exactly yeah. like my own asian community right. where they at and do you miss that you, is that like something i mean i have my family yeah i have a few friends of mine mm-hmm. but i feel like th- that's the space that's missing okay and that's also stemming from people maybe being misinformed or doesn't want to know doesn't yeah. want to people yeah. rejecting, it, rejecting it definitely yeah. rejecting it because for sure. i feel like i can't understand of course like especially if you're a person of color and you're growing up in london right mm-hmm. and you're not like your minority community and you're growing up around british society you know what i mean and you're automatically yeah not one of the the many mm-hmm. you know and then you you do come from something and then you use that as 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 a, a method of identification and of course like of course i empathize with that you know what i mean i mean yeah. it's kind of been mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of been the same for me both ways you know the way how you know what my background is you know what i mean uh, it's kind of been the flip side on no matter where i go you mm. know what i mean and so i totally empathize with that and and i feel like yeah it, it it is important to have that community and to know who you are but i i feel like the, but when people are in these cities and then they let go of themselves for the sake of fitting in yep. you know what i mean and it must be very difficult you know what i mean mm-hmm. and it must be very difficult to then hold on to who you are as strongly mm-hmm. especially if you're not there yeah you know but do you do you see a, like an opportunity for your community outside like you said you have your family yeah. you know what do you think is stopping uh the asian community for or did did you say you're vietnamese sorry yes. yeah 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 what do you think is stopping the vietnamese community from really feeling a sense of uh themselves in in sweden or in barcelona i think it's all about opportunities from a young age yeah. isn't that all about confidence from a yeah. young age yeah. i feel like I can make a lot of people can relate to this but I think as a young Southeast Asian you have you don't grow up confidence yeah. in Sweden yeah. Yeah. especially you don't I found my confidence when I started doing my thing mm-hmm. and when I found my collective in Barcelona yeah. that was authentic confidence yeah. whatever before was fake it yeah till you make it right but and that then- also stems from you know going to the schools that I didn't like that also kind of created some sort of um aggression mm. when you get angry when yeah. you say going Anger. to the schools you didn't like you mean like yeah so where you were minority where I, yeah, yeah where I lived or yeah, where I still okay. live uh from Yelbo for mm. far. <laughs> and they weren't it wasn't a very like international or multicultural yeah, like, it is. school but you you know like when you grow up in this 
international and, and multicultural schools, it's really great that you get to um, learn other cultures mm-hmm. and be with your people, uh, with other people. But it's still not your people. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. get like, yeah. uh, you know, all the all the all the friends that I have. I love them so much. But I would love some more yeah. more Asian friends. Yeah. I got one, yeah. maybe two, and then I have a big family and my cousins. And I feel like all the work that I do is surrounding about community and mm-hmm. culture and all of the above. But where my people at <laughs> you know mm, up, and I up. try and I try in, in, in Gothenburg especially I try to maybe like find talent yeah there's not many is it me who's searching wrong I mean Stockholm there's a few but not as much yeah I'm in Barcelona maybe you have one to three people yeah Berlin mm. If you know, take me up, you know, but... (laughs) And it's it's not, that's not just the Asian community. I mean, it's any minority anyway, right? I mean, Berlin has a solid Vietnamese community. For sure, but I mean, I mean, in general, like just growing up as a minority, you know, you lack that self-confidence because you don't have a lot of people around you that look like you, that look like you, that talk like you, that give you the sense of I belong and I don't have to prove myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I also think that that's a huge, I mean, it's a shitty situation, but then a lot of people like like that like people with myself included but a lot of people i think that grew up without this sense of belonging yeah it can go two ways it can go south but a lot of people end up becoming these people that try to create communities or yes. create a sense of belonging for other people as well mm-hmm. to kind of give them what yeah. you were missing mm-hmm. growing up so then you create it and you give that to other yeah. people and that then in turn is kind of your strength and your gift that comes out of it right yes i i hope it could make an impact for yeah. at least the asian mm-hmm. community because i get a little bit stressed of my younger cousins that, you know, I have a big, big family right, <laughs> for context. Right. I love my family. Um, and I get so stressed that my younger cousins don't want to speak our language. Mm. Oh, really? You know, mm. like they... They are, don't want to or they don't they know just, or they don't learn. Or... Like your Caribbean friend over here that, you know, that's <laughs> not informed. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. is informed and not putting effort yeah. because yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. All well, their friends are Swedish. Mm. All their... People are non-Swedish. Because it makes them feel different and they don't want to feel different. You know, I guess. I guess. I mean, I wouldn't know. I've only, I mean, I grew up in Trinidad my whole life. So yeah. I've never been in a a situation where my language is so different. I mean, until I moved yeah. to Germany, right? Yeah. So I don't have the context. Or I, I moved here as an adult, rather, you know, because I could understand as a teenager. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, everybody wants to be the same. You only yeah. start to tr- want to be different, like when you hit, like, maybe your 20s or something, you know, but <gasps> teenagers want to fit in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that, yeah, I think that's very sad to, when people are, yeah, when when young people... Uh, have to hide their culture or the, their culture takes a hit you mm-hmm. know what I mean yeah. for that reason yeah, yeah but yeah. I could see it I only learned to kind of embrace Caribbean culture in my 20s you know like when yeah. I was when I moved yeah. I'd moved when I was 16 to Germany mm-hmm. and was all about like integration 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 and then yeah sometime in in university I started to like go home and and appreciate home more yeah and the more i started to appreciate my own culture the more i became an advocate of my culture yeah but that only came like from my mid-20s that's a very recent thing but what was what happened there what was needed for you to appreciate Um, or start acknowledging the appreciation i i can't even pin it down to, (laughs) to be honest i started to go to carnival 
mm-hmm. like as superficial as it sounds. But, but it is. It it's like a peak cultural moment at home. Moment. So of course you feel the most Trinidadian yeah. mm-hmm. in the middle of Carnival. It's our music. It's our yeah, food. Yeah. It's everybody. All the, you know, a lot of my friends left the Caribbean for school. Yeah. Yeah. So when we were in university and we started making our little money and putting it aside, yeah. we would do these carnival trips together where that was the one time in the year where we would all meet up and celebrate like, oh my God, you know, all the foods from our childhood Mm -hmm. and the music that, you know, we grew up on and the new soccer songs and the costumes and just like, yeah, that really made me fall in love. You see, that's the the pride, right? Yeah. Because that happened to me too. Mm. And it also starts from a young age. You know, my my parents bring me to Vietnam. Mm -hmm. It starts there. You Mm. get to see your people. You get to be around people that looks like you. It's Mm -hmm. an incredible feeling, by the way. Love that feeling. (laughs) And then um, we also go to temple. So I'm a Buddhist. Um, And I think being in the temple also shows the beauty Mm -hmm. of it all. And then just being like, with your family yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? or find other people that speak your language yeah. it's just like it's the, shared, <laughs> it's the shared appreciation for cultural elements mm-hmm. I think it's that like connection that you have with people when you're like yeah don't you love how this tastes yeah, yeah exactly this tastes. you know what I mean like those little shared moments is I think what makes you celebrate your culture more yeah and you know and in Barcelona I think it was just so mind-blowing to be so appreciated by who I was and where I came from. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that was so valued. Yeah, My friends are from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. They meet someone from Vietnam. And that's amazing for them. Mm-hmm. If a Swedish yeah. person meet me, it was like... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. You okay, know, yeah. it's because the food is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is so, it like, is. so beautiful. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. The food and, is incredible. Um, yeah. The food is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, you know, <laughs> being so appreciated by who you <laughs> are. Yeah. And literally being seen as the beautiful the beautiful person that you are inside mm-hmm. out and i think that was um the most how would i say mind blowing experience but an eye opening experience yeah, yeah, of like yeah. i don't need to change yeah, myself yeah, at all yeah. and i guess that's it's actually hard or a bit sad to say that you need that validation to be able to yeah. appreciate but we're human like yeah, I think it's it how it goes. Like yeah. when you're young, you you really want to, and you're figuring yourself out. You know, mm-hmm. you're not like anchored in a sense of who you are. You have an idea, but it mm-hmm. you, it takes some time for you to confirm that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And especially, yeah, when you're young and you're yeah. a teenager and you you want to be cool. Yeah. A, te- a cool teenager is not a teenager that stands out. You know what yeah. I mean? A cool teenager is like everybody else but cooler the prototype. You know I mean? yeah the prototype so then you cool. have to work on it and then yeah. you when you have a, a, an anchored sense of who you are yeah. that's when you could yeah then i guess rest a little easier you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah. and and yeah also i read i read somewhere at some point in time um that we learn how to we learn to treat ourselves based on how everybody else treats us growing up mm. and then if you grow up and people are treating you like an outsider, mm-hmm. you're going to treat yourself like an outsider. Mm. You learn to love yourself based on how other people love you. And if people yeah. don't love you, you ain't going to love yourself. Yeah. You know? And then we kind of nah. have to... <laughs> <laughs> ah, me, yeah, I'm going to yeah. love myself now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? and then you kind of, when you, but this is why then when you meet people that celebrate you, yeah. then you also learn how to... Like, you mirror that, you know? And then you're yeah. like, oh, well, if these people could celebrate me, I should be able to celebrate myself. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I feel a sense of hope when you say that as well, because I've seen that now when I do everything, all that I do, mm-hmm. I have my younger cousin's friends mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. tells them, 
oh, who's your cousin? Mm-hmm. She's so dope. And mm-hmm. it's oh, yeah, you have to be the cool big cousin, yeah. cousin. You have to be the cool big cousin. And now suddenly, like, you're yeah, one of the coolest yeah. cousins. Yeah. 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 But like, for them, like, it's not common to see for them. Yeah, 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 of course. Someone that looks like them, that that does all of these things in this industry specifically. A hundred percent. Having a yeah. role model that's doing like what you want to do or not even if you like what you want to do, but just seeing someone like like doing things Mm -hmm. it's such a big i mean that's what like at home that was my um i always say that that's kind of my side mission like moving Mm -hmm. to berlin because what i wanted to do like be be a dj doing what what like my music in trinidad there was no blueprint nobody else did that and you know nobody else so then i moving to berlin to try and make that happen for myself Mm -hmm. i was like yeah, and also I feel like I want some kid like 20 years from now who mm-hmm. says I want to mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. that there's at least one person that he could say, oh, okay, he did that yeah. already, or yeah. you know what I mean? And that's very important to to just be that blueprint or be a role model because, yeah. yeah. That's a responsibility, I mean, no pressure, man. but like... No pressure at all. I mean, you yourself, you're no already doing it. You know? No, but I mean, just trying. It's not... I yeah. think the pressure, the, yeah, the pressure comes with like trying to think of like what success is and what it means to you. But I think mm-hmm. that... Um, I think just doing it and just trying. Mm-hmm. Because if you just try, then other people say, okay, that person at least tried. Then yeah. I can at least try to. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? And then the outcome of it is whatever. But mm-hmm. just getting people to try is a big deal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think just like making them feel seen yeah Yeah. you know like now my little cousin will come to me and be like "Uh you know i just got nominated in class for being the most fashionable (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just like yeah let's go my little cousin he wants to become a dj you know and i'm Mm. trying to hook him up with some stuff but they're young like they're babies you know but that confidence is that confidence and that's what yeah yeah i mean that's what takes you i mean i have to credit like just my growing up i mean i i I never lived anywhere else but i i do have to credit my um my my parents for at least i mean they didn't support every single thing i did but at least in in certain things just kind of um allowing me to you know like i used to be on the mic i was singing my dad was my producer used to write my songs for the competitions in school and i was like i don't know six or something and the first song to enter this big competition and my dad was like what do you want to sing about and i was like dinosaurs and he was like word and i reached the finals against like all the big kids <laughs> like all the like 10 11 year olds as like a six-year-old singing about dinosaurs like straight up yeah. you know in front of an entire school and just giving i didn't win i won three years later with another song not about dinosaurs <laughs> but i mean just having that um confidence to kind of be yourself and to have the support of of like bigger people older people you know um and some people don't have the opportunity to have like the support of parents or but just having someone a role model and someone to say yeah you can do that you know what i mean you can be whatever you know what i mean like that that alone just gives you yeah it it, as you said you know you, you you treat yourself how other others treat you and if you have the adults around you or the big cousins around you saying yeah that's actually really cool you could do that you know yeah. then you tell yourself that's that's actually really cool i could do that you know yeah i mean and that's cool for your cousins that they have you that like yeah to give them that kind of motivation because i could imagine that i don't know how it was for you growing up but like we didn't have cool people like us no you know, telling us to go and do the DJ. No. Thing yeah, I'm the oldest in my family. Fashion. I had no big, big older siblings. No, older. Uh, what about your family? You said you have a big family. Uh, like yeah, a, a, uh, so I have uh, two brothers, and then I have like 15 cousins from my dad's side, and then maybe 
similar amount from my mom's side. But are you one of the older ones or someone? No, I'm in the middle. I'm okay, in the middle. Okay, okay. But that's okay. The they say that the middle kids are always like the different ones. You know what I mean? So that's that's cool because you could be like the you're the wild card. You know what I mean? Well, I think the most beautiful thing I can take from this is uh, my mom finding me cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. you know, yeah, because you know, I think it all stems from everything that we spoke about. Our parents didn't have that. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have that confidence. Maybe they did growing up, but maybe they didn't have the opportunity to exactly. act on it. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so for them to see their daughter doing all these weird stuffs for them, they just like mind blown. But they will never mm-hmm. say it. They will never acknowledge it. But. You know, I can feel it. You know, Asians, they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they do it in their way, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Way, like, you know way. it's coming, but it's like their way of doing it. Exactly. I can feel that. that you can little, feel it, exactly. Hug, you, know? you know it. Yeah. Pat on the shoulder. They don't know how to say it, but they are saying it in the ways that they do know, you know? Yeah, That's man. very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, we're Thanks so much, Jenny. Time. This is this was a great talk. Yeah, I wish man, you all the best in all your projects. Um, I hope... Uh, you continue to build uh, all these communities around you. Um, so <laughs> you have, you know, you have support in Berlin whenever you're ready. Yeah. Oh, yeah? for sure, for sure. I mean, reach out anytime. We definitely have to catch up in a year and see what what's going yeah. on. Oh, please, 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 please. Because this one hour is, is way too short. <laughs> this was so cozy. Thank you so much, guys. This was an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Review worldwide.